Crocs lover, 45. <laughs> like yellow Crocs for life. Welcome back, everybody, to Where's My Stick? My name's Danielle. I'm Kelsey. I'm Christy. And we have a jam-packed episode for you guys today. Um, and we're going to start off with some, I wouldn't say it's surprising news, but it's definitely big news. It's an end of an era in Edmonton. Um, this week, Edmonton fired their GM, Peter Shirelli. Rest in peace, Chia. Um, so, I believe they fired him in the middle of the Detroit game that they played. Um, and he, they fired him in the middle. I heard they fired him in the middle of the game so that he can, like, leave in, in peace and wouldn't get, like, bombarded with the media afterwards. But, um, so that was very sweet of Edmonton, I guess. Um <laughs> So currently Edmonton is 23, 24, and 3 for 49 points. They're actually a couple points back from the wild card in their division, which is shocking to me. But but yeah, per Bob Nicholson, the Oilers CEO, he said that he made his decision um, before the game, uh, before the Red Wings game. And so Shirelli spent four years in... Edmonton, almost four years in Edmonton. He was hired April of 2015. Um, so before we get into his greatest hits, what did you guys think of that firing? I I was like shocked. Not that they fired him because actually, yeah, I was shocked that they fired him. I was just like, no, say it in. So I hope this, this is actually an extension. Max says like... <laughs> This is like a a firing, and they were just wrong. But um, I also I have to think that he isn't the only problem in Edmonton. Like I was thinking about it, and I was just like, name a second round pick that the Oilers have drafted in the past, like two, like how long has he been there? Four years, and this is like. There's a whole upper management issue. It's not just um, um, Shirelli, but yeah, she's been, he had to go. R.I.P. I'm sort of disappointed. I don't know. I always liked him being there, messing things up. Like I like again. I wasn't uh, actually. I was kind of shocked. I didn't think that they would actually go through with it because of how Edmonton is. But um, at the same time. It was definitely deserved, but I was still kind of surprised once it actually happened. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I'm, I'm very sad. You know, I'm not a Calgary Flames. I'm not a Calgary Flames fan, but I always sided with Calgary when they like shat on Edmonton. So this is kind of this is kind of depressing. Like for me, um, it's been a, cu- a tough couple of days. Um, Shia was definitely a hero for me. So he'll be missed. Um, yeah, he will be. We miss you, Shia. Like, thank you. Um, and it, speaking of thank yous, we'll go to his greatest hits. We'll start off with um, a very memorable to us um, trade that happened in February 2016. 
It was Justin Schultz to Pittsburgh for a third round pick. A third round pick who turned out to be who knows. <laughs> I, I yeah, I couldn't even tell you what that third round pick got them. I mean, obviously what? I guess that's it's the 90th the 90th pick in the draft. You could have still he could have still got some something. Yeah, I mean, you know, Pittsburgh got an angel and Edmonton got what they deserved. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Do you remember no, when the trade happened, though? People, like, at Oilers fans could not get rid of Justin, like, fast enough. They were, they were shocked they got a third-round pick for him. No, And, like, they used to have a thing called, like, jolting or something when he would be really, like, oh, yeah. they thought he would be bad, but we reclaimed that slur. So, we can talk. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, oh, Justin. That's so crazy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, at the time, yeah. and I saw this, like, when I was um, looking through some of Shirelli's greatest hits, at the time, everyone in Edmonton was like, yeah, this is a great trade because he wasn't working out for them. So I was kind of hesitant to put this on the list because, I mean, he was, from his perspective, getting rid of a player that wasn't performing. But, I mean, it's kind of like a and-then-what-happened moment. But Yeah, for sure. I mean, All I'm, of definitely them. Glad, I'm definitely glad you put it on the list because it's definitely memorable to us. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, I mean... I, yeah, it was definitely a a player like a, a scenery change trade um, for sure. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, and then obviously the iconic trade, Taylor Hall to the Devils for Adam Larson. I mean, it's one for one. There we go. That's, that's, that's perfect. I was listening to um, Puck Soup, and um, Greg was like, he was like, he thinks that Taylor Hall winning the MVP uh, last year really like started, like him be- putting Shirelli on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, because um, like I mean, if your your biggest trade ends up being like ridiculously lopsided. Then, you know, and it was lopsided at the time. And remember, like, Edmonton fans were, like, excited because that year they got into the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, like, bur- like I was, like, simmering with rage for Taylor. Yeah. But then, like, that's one of those trades where it's, like, in the short term, it helped Edmonton because they, they had nothing on defense. But in the long term... It's not a good look because Larson's basically like, I suck. <laughs> like, even yeah. he's not having a good year this year at all. It's, I wonder, like, I don't know. I wonder if they would have kept Schultz and, like, had Schultz be, like, on their second pair with Larson. I don't know. I don't even know how to make it better. I don't. That's not your That's job. Just, it's not, you know. But I am available if Edmonton, if you're listening and you want to hire a GM. <laughs> We'll get more into that. But, okay, <laughs> next on the list is they signed, in July of 2016, they signed the Milan Lucic, um, Lucic uh, for seven years. Oh, I thought that was seven million. It's seven years at $6 million. 
Yeah. Um, they signed Milan to protect Connor McDavid. Thoughts, ladies? How can he protect Connor McDavid if they're never on the ice at the same time? Yeah. And he doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I have my, one of my favorite tweets from like this year is when the when Edmonton played uh, Buffalo and Milan scored twice in his second his second time he scored. I like uh, replied to the Sabres Twitter and was like please say psych. That like picture that says like please say psych and it's this guy in tears. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's literally like how can this guy who's everyone can agree on that he's awful. How can he do that to us? But that's <laughs> Sabres, yay! Okay. Moving on um, to the following year, we see that Shirelli dealt Jordan Eberle to the Islanders for Ryan Strom. And we'll just keep going. Then later on this year, <laughs> Shirelli traded Ryan Strom, the same Ryan Strom he got for Jordan Eberle, to <laughs> the Rangers. The same one, not the For another Ryan. Ryan Spooner. Um, and then later on this year, or last year, um, Brian Spooner was put on waivers. He passed through. So, I mean, if we're being technical, um, she uh, traded Eberly for nothing. An AHL player. An AHL player. I mean, but listen, if you don't have depth in the AHL, oh, what do you do? I, I, you know? I wonder about Ryan Spooner, though. I mean, like, he's not that good of a player, but for his play to, like, severely, like, drop as soon as he went to Edmonton, I find that a bit suspect. So, like, I, I would say he's a bad NHL player, not, like... An AHL player, technically. But technically, yeah. he can be, since he passed through waivers, he can be sent <laughs> down. <laughs> oh, jeez. I think he got he had, like, three points in 24 games with Edmonton. Jesus yeah. Christ. I, yikes. Yeah, it's not... A big one. Not great. Um, speaking of not great, in December, Shirelli traded Drake Kajula, um... People are saying that's like McDavid's one of his good friends on the team to Chicago for Brandon Manning, who I think is not Connor's friend. No, you don't. You don't think they exchanged friendship bracelets? I mean, uh-huh. I think probably now they did. You don't. You don't think he sent him the tree? Uh, get well soon for his. Oh no, sent that. I think so. I mean, Manning is something. <laughs> he's, he's such a bad player. Like, Manning is not even good. Like, that's so funny. But he, like, broke his collarbone. And McDavid made this whole hissy fit about how it was on purpose. And then he said, he, no. And then the guy said it was on purpose. So he was right. I mean, Manning didn't say that to the media. He didn't say I did it on purpose. He just said it to Connor, like, during a game. Allegedly. I mean, he's kind of a shitty person, too. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say he's a shitty person, but he's not, he's not great. Like the, 
yeah, it's not great. Um, so, F, um, but definitely not least, especially um, cap-wise. Um, Shia, as a great farewell, signed Miko uh, Koskinen, uh, who was 30 years old, to a three-year, $13.5 million contract aid protection. Wow. So, okay. My thing is, like, this happened, what, like, three days before he was fired? There had to be rumblings within the organization, right? Like, mm-hmm. So I've seen two different tweets. One, and they're both, they're all from, like, Canadian media. So I don't, I'm take from that what you will. But I heard, <laughs> well, I saw first someone say that this was all Shirelli. No one knew about it. It was hush-hush. It was something he wanted to get done. They've been talking about it since December. Then I heard someone, I saw someone else say that this was an organizational thing. They all, everyone was up to date and wanted this to happen. So I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know what the truth is, but either way, if Shirelli did that by himself, that's shitty. And <laughs> either way, if all of Edmonton management knew about it and they did that, that's shitty. That's a bad contract. I don't even know. And, like, apparently he's only played, like, 13 or 30 games in the NHL ever. Mm-hmm. And he's 30 years old. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's crazy to me. That's an insane amount for, like, a backup. But I don't but, think he's so going to be the bad. Yeah, backup. that's what I was going to say. Cam Talbot's, he's gone. Like, after this year, I think that he's done. Because Cam is, like, what, in 34? Um... So I guess this is like starter money for them. Like I don't think Cam Talbot is bad. I think he had a bad year though. Yeah, I I think he's thirty. He's a goalie that's thirty four and who was never elite. Well, Miko is also is almost thirty four. Yeah, I mean, at the end of this contract, will be close to it. Cam Talbot's thirty one. Like he's not. Is he? Yeah, thirty four. He. Yeah, maybe they'll resign Cam Talbot, but have him as the backup. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a UFA. Actually, I don't think he's a UFA this year. I just think that they're gonna trade him. Oh well, that's that. Well, I also heard that they weren't going to trade anybody. That's dumb. Oh, <clears throat> oh, he is a UFA after this year. I think, yeah. Um. But yeah, so as of right now, no replacement has been named, um, and the three members of upper management. And former GMs will GM by committee. And that's Kevin Lowe, Greg McTavish, and Scott Housen. Um, but I also heard that, like, like is it, what's Wayne Gretzky's brother's name? Kevin? Kevin? He, yeah, Kevin. Or Keith. Or Keith. Oh, Keith Gretzky. I don't know. K something. Yeah, KG. Um, I heard he was helping out too. Yeah, <laughs> so. he he's um he's a he's a scout for them, which oh. I don't know if he's a good one because he was the one he was a scout for Boston when they had the three first round picks and then they picked Jake DeBrusque and two random people when they could have got Barzell, Kyle Connor, like those type players. That's crazy. So I don't know if I trust his judgment. Can you imagine how good Boston could have been? 
Yeah. So thank you, Shirelli, again for that. Thank you, Shia. Um, so uh, Nicholson said, we're not going to be in a rush to get a general manager. We have to get the right one. And if it takes us some time, because we have to look at all parts of the organization, there's something in the water here in Edmonton and that we don't have right. And we got to get that figured out. That's an interesting quote. I thought it was so funny on Twitter. Um, some water company in Edmonton was like, our water's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, but you're, you're it, like, it's not though. NHL team's not. Yeah. Yeah. No. So Nicholson also said, uh, also referred to the scene, the team's successful 16 to 17 season as a blimp, indicating that the team is still looking towards a full rebuild. But then he goes on to say, we're not in, we're not into a rebuild. I truly believe we're not into a rebuild. We've got the best player in the world. I believe a lot of the situation is in the locker room. Uh, no. This comes after a few days where McDavid said, if you don't believe in this group and you're in the locker room, then you need to leave. Didn't point the finger at anyone and didn't suggest that there were problems in the locker room, but it was a particularly interesting quote to come out um, before an interesting few days. Mm. Um, Connor still is delusional and thinks that they might <laughs> the playoffs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> still hopeful that they make the playoffs. Um, they're three points back, like I said earlier, uh, in Colorado and Vancouver, who have 52 points, and they're tied for the, tied in second for the wild card spot. Uh, there's, that's a lot. What do you guys think? I just, I feel so bad for, well, this made me feel so bad for McDavid. He must be so tired. <laughs> like, he must be so tired. And then to have them fire the GM right before the All-Star break and all their, all his bad teammates get to go on vacation, but he has to go to the All-Star game. And people are going to ask him questions about this. And he still has to, like, hear about it. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know, McDavid. I don't know if you've played two couple positions, a couple extra positions if you want. But it's not I looking good. All- yeah, I hope at the All-Star game, Connor can actually have fun playing hockey. Because maybe he'll have some good <laughs> line mates and teammates. Yeah. Yeah. And you can just enjoy it. Yeah. But then, like, imagine, though, like, he's at the All-Star Games and he's, he has his good line mates and then he goes back to Edmonton and who's on his line? Milan Lucic, like, dragging himself, like, 50 feet behind him. <laughs> like, that's insane. <laughs> I feel so bad. I feel bad, but it's just, like, I can't feel too bad. Yeah. I was like, oh, jeez. I thought that the um, Danielle, you said when we were discussing Nico Kosinen, um, how you heard a few different stories, but that one of them was that it was like a management decision. And so the idea that it's being, um, you know, at the interim, it's being the GMs or GM position is split between three people. I was like, uh, I guess she or Shirelli left the team in good hands. Like, I will still have my disaster management. <laughs> yeah. 
that's the thing. Like everything I've been hearing about Edmonton is that it's much deeper. It's much more than just Shirelli being the problem. Yeah. And like the fact that um, Nicholson would say it's, there's something in the water, like there's something in the locker room. It's like, yeah, the locker room is the problem, but it's the result of the problem of the higher up, like mm-hmm. that organization, um, their GMs and their, you know, whoever is going out. I wouldn't say scouting, but whoever's putting together like trades and and stuff like that, like it's not working. Like whatever you're doing is not working. And I heard that Edmonton's like a old boys club. Like it's, they hire old Oilers and the, the owner is like a huge Oilers fan. Then that's what's clouding their judgment to like get the team into a better position. Um, but I'm so like, <laughs> I just want, I just like when the Oilers are bad. That's what I'm used to. It's what I'm comfortable with. So I don't know why things have to change. Like, <laughs> Rehire Shia, extend him, and you'll he'll get it together eventually. No. Do you think? I mean, I don't know that anyone's really looking for a GM right now, but do you think he gets hired? Oh my I don't God. know. I saw an article today that was like possible landing spots for Shirelli, and I was like, I couldn't even read it because I'm like, there's no way. Seattle. But knowing, <laughs> knowing how like awful the NHL like GM just the NHL teams like they just hire and fire and hire and fire the same people I wouldn't be surprised even though I'd be shocked like I'd be surprised but like not surprised at all but also like shocked mm-hmm. that it's, that's crazy for me but I think it can yeah. be said that they've had McDavid um, like she really's had four years to build a roster around McDavid and he has not been able to do that. So I think that also speaks to him possibly never, ever getting hired again. But the, the NHL is also a mess. So Yeah, it's very incestuous. It's gross. But yeah. So are we, any last thoughts, comments, concerns about Edmonton or Shirelli, that firing organization? Mm-hmm. They'll be okay. And do I mean okay, okay? Or do I mean okay in the way that they'll continue to be disasters? I don't know. Maybe both? Yeah. Only time will tell. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. I I agree. Do you think they make the playoffs? Mm, I want to say no, but like that, the West and their wild card race, like the West is really bad. Yeah. Like outside of like four teams. They're really bad. Yeah, I I don't know what's gonna happen. All I know is what I want to happen and I want I don't want them Because if they get into the playoffs and that just like obviously Connor's gonna win the heart and it's just like that's it's not yours, Connor. It's not yeah, so just let someone else get have out it. Of the playoffs and just I don't wanna see you for the heart. I don't wanna see you for the heart Ross. I don't wanna see you. Okay, so we're talking about Christie's second team. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, do Columbus, don't do this. The Columbus Blue Jackets hire Marty St. Louis. Um, he will join the team as their special teams consultant. Uh, so right now, Columbus is sitting at fourth worst for the power plays in the league. That's clicking at 14.58%. And their penalty kill, however, is ranked sixth best in the league 
at 82.9%. Anyway, Marty played under torts for eight years, um, from 2000 to 2008 in Tampa. They both won the cup together in 04. I believe that's torts only Stanley Cup. <laughs> LOL. Um, and a quick question for both of you. Is it possible for us to trade Recky for Sangley? I would not be opposed. Kelsey? I wouldn't be opposed. I mean, I haven't seen him as a special team consultant yet, but he can't, A, be worse than Recky, and I like him as a person better than Recky. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I actually just like saying St. Louis more than yeah. I like St. Recky. So. <laughs> but and then we'd have like, two Frenchies. We'd have St. Louis, and then we'd have um, Martin. And that's so great, because then we can kick Martin out and have Gonch be the defensive. Oh, you don't like it? You know what? I just wonder how much Martin actually does versus what Gonchar does. Because some things, like, you'll see everyone obviously says, like, oh, any bad player can work with Gonch and be better. But then, like, I look at some of the defensive pairings, and I'm like, why would you put those two together? Mm-hmm. Why are you putting this person out in, in on the penalty kill? Why is Why are these pairings still together? Why, why, why? And I don't know. Mar- I, I don't know. I always just, like, I wonder how much control Martin has versus Gonchar with the defensive pairings because I do have questions about those. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, to me, this season, like, I'm, I don't know anything about the Blue Jackets, um, and I try my hardest not to, but, I mean, I, this seems like a good pickup. Like, I don't know, a, I don't know how, like, strategic um, St. Louis is, but he was an amazing player, and he thought, it seemed like he thought the game really good. Um, or really well. So it, this seems like a positive thing. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, did they fire their power play person? Because their power play has been bad for a couple of years now. So I, w- I wonder if they just brought him in just to be like, hey, <laughs> like, <laughs> He, he's just here to help us out with all of our special teams, not just the power play. But, but yeah, I, I see it as, like, a good pickup. I think the last I heard from him, he was coaching. He was coaching, like, kids. So, so. <laughs> I mean, Columbus, how old are they? They're not real, that old, right? Okay. <laughs> they, Columbus, it was, like, under eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was coaching kids, and I guess he was getting a feel for it, so maybe some of that will transfer with adults, and they probably respect him. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll definitely respect I mean, this him, guy so it's fine. Yeah. This guy has advanced in the playoffs. And, so. Okay. <laughs> and he survived Tortorella for eight yeah, years. That's... But then Tortorella went to go coach in the, on the Rangers, and then St. Louis was on the Rangers for a while, so I wonder if they met again. Because um, St. Louis retired in 14. I don't know. Was Wait. torts always so torts? Yeah. 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 I think from the beginning, from what I heard. But moving on, we, this is like such a huge thing, but we, I don't know how we forgot about the last episode, but the Rangers hosted Pride Night. Um, and I believe it was one of their first, but 
Um, so this was on January 15th. Um, and Harrison Brown, the first transgender athlete in pro hockey, dropped the for the game. And before the game, oh, I'm sorry. Harrison, if you don't know Harrison Brown, um, where are you do- what are you doing? But anyway, <laughs> he played for the he played in the NWHL for three seasons and he played for the Riveters and the Buttes and is a back to back. Yeah, Isabel Cup champion. Um, and now he serves for the You Can Play campaign for the NHL. Um, and then prior to the game, the Rangers invited the New York City Gay Hockey Association to play two scrimmages at MSG. And um, just a little, if you want more information on, like, what exactly happened and, like, um, someone who went and who, like, is a part of the New York City Gay Hockey Association um, and played in the scrimmages and went to the game that night and, like, just a quick synopsis of their viewpoint, um, there is this hockey podcast called, oh, Hockey Feels. And one of, Rachel, one of the podcast hosts, uh, went to all that. She lives in New New York, and she she plays like hockey, like in general. And then she also like went to this and played on like NHL ice. And so yeah, she had a fantastic time. And she just said that the Rangers really did go above and beyond to accommodate all the players and like their families, and to just really celebrate and invite people to their pride night. So. Christy, did you go? Did you guys see? Did you watch the game? I think it was Rangers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. I didn't go, but I'm not surprised that the Rangers, like, they're pretty accommodating because they're really good at that sort of thing, like inviting people to Madison Square Garden. Like, it seems really easy for them to be able to do that for, like, different communities and stuff. So that's really nice that it happened. Rachel, who's a part of that Hockey Feels podcast, she's a Flyers fan, so she was saying it was really weird to be in MSG rooting for the Rangers. Like, she was like, <laughs> laughing for them, and like, she was like, happy for them. So she was like, this feels so weird. Like, what am I doing? But, I think this is great. I wish more teams would um, would do things like this and like really focus on like, you know, Pride Night. You know? Like, not just saying like, Hockey's for everyone, or, like, yeah. you can play night. Like, this was specifically for gay, like, the LGBT community. And so mm-hmm. um, when you make something specifically about or for someone and, like, celebrating a, a type of group or people or whatever, um, I think that's more – it's just more sincere. Yeah. Yeah. So. Definitely. And, like, you take the time to, like, really do an outreach program or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Rachel did, like, have some, like, uh, uh, suggestions for next time. She was like, yeah, like, you know, if they um, worked with, like, the community people a little bit more, like, and said, like, for example, I think one of her examples for that was um, raising money and, like, donating half of it to, like, the um, LGBT homeless, Mm. uh, like, children's homeless, I don't know, it's not, like, fund or... No. Uh, like but, LGBT, but like either. LGBT homeless shelters. There are LGBT specific yeah, homeless exactly. shelters in the city. Exactly. So, like donating the money, money to them, or like raising, a, like raising awareness of this, or something like that. 
um, to just make it more, like, just make it a little bit better and, like, to go a little bit more above and beyond and, like, really reach out to the community. That's what she was saying. She really um, would Also, another thing they could do, they could probably, like, invite, like, I know a lot of schools in New York City have, like, um, gay straight alliances or stuff like that. Just, like, yeah. inviting them to a game or something. Because, like, honestly, they can, it's, they can do it. They're interested. Yeah. Exactly, and it would take nothing for a player to donate their box to that. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we've seen, like, you know, I've not to like throw names. <laughs> not to brag. <laughs> yeah, like Gino has done that. You know, I know Claude has done that a couple times. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if any players did that this time, but I know they have tons of boxes that they could have reserved for that. But mm. yeah. Hmm. Rangers for doing that um and I don't want to sound like you know like I know too much because I'm not the Rangers fan here that's Christy just to get that straight but (laughs) it's funny how like you know they draft Keandre and then now they're turning their organization around for the better yes yeah those similarities are just a little bit too uh, similar in my just for me, I just was like, whoa, you know, they draft an angel and now they're doing more, you know, yeah. just doing better things. Just Interesting. Better. Who else does a specific Pride Night? Do you guys know? I think the Islanders do. You know what? I don't know anything about the Islanders. But <laughs> I think, I want to say, I think the Kings had a really good Pride Night last year, I want to say, but I'm not sure. Like, low-key, the Kings do a lot of cool nights. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they did, like, they do, like, some heritage nights. Ooh, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, so I definitely, I gotta look into that. It's, like, I don't, like, want to praise the Kings, but they do a lot of, like, different, like, themed nights that kind of are more inclusive, I think. I'll follow up on that, but. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you know, February is coming up, which is Hockey is for Everyone month. Mm-hmm. So we can expect many shenanigans from around the league. Oh, God. Yeah. Where, where is Willie O'Ree? He's about to be oh, everywhere. God, please let him rest. Please do not take this man out of his bed in this. <laughs> do not let him have him come back to the pool. Oh, man. Um, I think also the Rangers are doing something with uh, the black girl hockey club so um kind of with like going along the theme of like you can play in hockey is for everyone just recently like Mika Zabinajad a Rangers forward he donated twenty thousand dollars twenty thousand U.S. dollars to three different youth hockey teams back in his home country of Sweden so he was just like I know the girls often get overlooked, and it's important that they get the same opportunities as, as the boys. Now, this just might be a start, but I hope it'll raise the questions and draw attention to the issues to help take some steps and to develop girl, like, I don't want to say girl hockey, women's hockey even more. And it was just like the money is going towards, like, girls who wouldn't, who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford the camp. And he kind of went beyond just donating money because I think he's also putting, like, he's doing 
like a camp for in this area of Sweden where it's a lot of like immigrant populations and people who wouldn't normally be exposed to um hockey and like the organization that he's working for the article is in Sweden so I don't know which one was the name of the organization but they seemed pretty they seemed pretty like um progressive and wanting to like understand different people so they kind of just said that we work with educating leaders in social I want to say properties in just like social um let's say social justice seeing children and understanding their physical and mental development so that you can meet children where they are and like where they're at and me personally that's something that I'm really really big on in terms of the work that I do like outside of this and like they talked about his just like his background like if you guys didn't know his dad is an immigrant to Sweden like he's from Iran and his mom is Finnish so he normally wouldn't be someone that would um do hockey and this is not from this article he basically said that like when he was younger he kind of wanted to quit hockey because everyone who he was friends with that looked like him they didn't do hockey and they did soccer so he wanted to quit but his parents wouldn't let him so i just think that this is someone who has who is not the typical hockey person who has kind of mm-hmm. moved who's gotten big in hockey who's kind of just like giving back so other people can enjoy hockey since he does yeah so i was just like oh sweet i love him <laughs> <laughs> no i agree this when i saw this i like quickly like sent to christy have you seen this because this is amazing i mean it's it's little things like this that you know you don't it's it's not like it shouldn't be like come like praised but these are these are like good deeds that we should talk about right i know that he like kind of wanted to keep it like hush hush low key but i think it's good when people see players do this and other people other players see players do this because like hopefully more players will donate to to women's hockey and like youth hockey especially in different countries because we talk about the u.s and like developments here but like we don't know sweden too and just growing the game anywhere so so super important um, um for men and women's hockey so. he he's been in sweden for the all-star break and he's been going to like a bunch of games doing like a bunch of interviews so i think it's a like a bigger deal in sweden than in here i think we're just not yeah. talking about it because they don't have access to him. Yeah, true. And maybe they will when he gets back, you know, because the Rangers should promote this because, you know, they may not make the playoffs, but they still have some players that are doing, like, really good and important work mm-hmm. they should highlight on and off ice. So. One thing that I thought was um, really interesting about this is that currently, like, right now, the professional women's league in Sweden mm-hmm. is kind of um, going through some you know, controversy and some difficulty um, with funding, with the support that they're getting, um, who's being hired to manage them. And so I think that it's really important that someone is um, from the NHL is here and saying, you know, women's hockey is important. And here Mm -hmm. I'm going to donate this money to help you develop and learn to love the game and, you know, enjoy yourselves while you're young, even though, you know, right now the women's 
professional program is kind of struggling. Yeah. Hopefully, I hopefully that like more Swedish players will see this and like jump on the bandwagon and start donating and like advocating for the women's hockey there the Swedish women's hockey league um, because it's important. I mean, obviously, I want USA women's USA hockey to be the best always, but they Sweden have to is so play good. Someone. <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, right now it just seems like it's always just you know. Canada and USA, but Finland too, a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And like, we're they're growing. The, well, they're trying to grow the game in like China and like overseas. And um, I still think that, regardless, like even though they're like the same six countries are always in like the like women's um, national tournaments and stuff. I it's still important to grow those, continue to grow those games. Yeah, um, or those countries teams and stuff like that so Mika you know good job tell Nikki tell all the other seeds Carlson wait so um, Mika is um, Finnish and Iranian but he grew up in Sweden yeah I think I think it's easy his mom is Finnish. I think she moved to Sweden and then his dad immigrated from Iran to Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many languages does he know? Um, I think English, Persian, is that what they speak? Whatever they speak in Iran. This sounds so bad. I want to. I can. Persian, um, so. Swedish and um, I guess probably a little bit of Finnish. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've, I saw him being like, I, I feel like I saw something saying that he knew like five different languages. But I can't remember. Like, I am so bad at that. Like, anything that's not a team that I like, I'm very, like, I don't remember. Um, I don't retain that information. It's really so, moving on. The Washington Capitals. Are they okay, ladies? Um, it's no. looking towards a no. It's not looking good. So, okay. <laughs> Currently, their record is 27, 17, and 6. They, are, they have 60 points, and that is good for second in the Metro. They're currently on a seven-game losing streak. Um... And according to Isabel Kersh- Kershishkin, Kershidian, Kersh- Kershidian, or, you know, I mean, we can call it Izzy. Um, according to Isabel, <laughs> they have led in 29 goals in the past five games. Currently, I mean, I don't want to say uh, their big stars aren't getting it done, but I mean, for sure, Ovi is getting it done. He leads the league with 37 goals. Um, and so, yeah, like, what do you, I mean, we, like, what do you think is going on right now with the Caps? I just want to preface this by saying, even though they're in a slump, I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. I think they'll be fine. But um, what I think the issue is, is that Todd Reardon, their new cap, or not captain, um, coach, was previously the defense coach. So I think now he might be struggling with trying to, um, support the defense as well as the offense and the game as a whole. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that might be something that he's still settling into and trying to figure out how he, his style of coaching. Yeah. I, Christy, do you have anything to say before I uh, jump on it? I, yeah, I was going to say something similar in that their defensive stru- um, structure has been lacking lately. Um, I don't, and hope he hasn't been great, but I hope he's a good goalie, so I wouldn't put that necessarily on him and more of like the defense in front of him. So I definitely agree as well. I think maybe like now, I think the beginning of the year, it was Trotz's, you know, coaching style still carrying over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I say that, but then I also think, you know, Like, during the season, you don't really get that much time to, like, change fundamental differences in your style of play. You know what I'm saying? Like, coaches really don't get to coach and, like, have serious, like, week-long practices like they do in the off-season or, you know, preseason as they do, like, during the season. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's coaching. Um, I definitely think maybe it's it's definitely an adjustment, like, in-game coaching. And, like, knowing when to call a timeout and stuff like that. I do think that definitely plays a role um, in games. And I don't know if maybe Reardon – I don't even know if now is the time that coaches can get out-coached like they can in the playoffs. So I'm hesitant to say coaching, even though I think that is an issue. Um, But I I, I agree with what you said, Kelsey. There's no way the Caps are going to miss the playoffs. (laughs) So, And I think, like – I think that what's going on with the Caps is the same thing that went on with the Penguins in October. It's just not their month. Like, things that are going wrong are going wrong, and then when you consistently... Like, when you're losing one or two games in a row, it's like, okay, and you change it, but then when it starts to hit a certain amount... Um, I don't think the Penguins went to seven games, right? With who? I feel like there was, like, ten in October. Oh. I can't think off the top of my head, but... Yeah, I think when... I think when the All-Star break is over after, like, they'll start winning again. That's what they do. The Caps. Yeah. I'm not super concerned. I also wonder, like, um, I'm looking at the last couple um, teams that they played, and they didn't play bad teams. Like, they had to play the Blues, Preds, Islanders, Blackhawks, Sharks, and the Leafs, and literally two of those teams they probably should have beat. But the scores on these are really bad, though. Like, Yeah. And oof. so I was listening to some other podcast, and I remember when you brought up Braden Holpe, I, they were talking about this, like the cap slump as well, and I, I can't quote, but I, was, I remember hearing um, that the number of high danger in front of Holpe, they were saying that no, it's nearly impossible for a goalie to save that many in a row. So yeah, the the it may seem really lopsided, but I don't know how much of that can be blamed on Holby. I like you said they were playing bad defensively, and I think that was like a main part, a major part of that, mm-hmm. or I guess the score anyway in front of Holby. Um, but then I did also hear that this was around the same time last season when Holby like went into his slump. So I don't know if maybe this is just like a turnaround. I don't want to say I don't want to say that because I really do like Braden Holpe and I don't want him to be slumping. But 
maybe. I don't know. What do you guys think? You were going to say something, Kelsey. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that um, he has been, his rebound game hasn't been the strongest. Mm -hmm. He's been, but at the same time, I feel like the defense has a lot to do with like rebound opportunities as well. Um, So it might be, Holtby is just making, you know, a goalie's normal, small mistakes, a rebound he should have held instead Mm -hmm. or something like that. And the defense isn't supporting him properly. Yeah. So I know right now that Christian Juice is hurt. And he was like a staple on there. Like, he's actually a really good defenseman. Um, I When I say really good, I mean really good as like in this on the third or the second pair. Mm-hmm. But um, he's hurt. And right now I think the bottom pairing is it might be Madison Bowie and um, Brooks Orpik. But it might be like so, another defenseman. I think they did call up another defenseman. I'm not sure who. Um, but right now their, their top pairing is like John Carlson and Michael Kempney. And this season, Matt Niskanen has not been good. So instead of it like being, uh, Orlov and Niskanen being the top pair and then Carlson on the second pair with Kempney, it's kind of, it's switch, it's flipped and it's more Orbic or no Orlov. I'm sorry. Orlov carrying Niskanen than it being, like, equal. Yeah. So, because I know that, I remember, like, that that Orlov and Niskanen was kind of, like, their shutdown defensive pair, and then Carlson was, like, their offensive pair um, that would, like, help push play as their second pairing. So, I don't know. But I know that's not the case right now. Um, and so, it definitely, Juice being out really does hurt them. Yeah. Because um, I know Juice were a pairing at one time, and Juice is really, like, covering up Bowie's mistakes. But um, I don't think he's doing that anymore. But can I just say, like, okay, we're not, like, none of us here are Caps fans. Let me preface that. But, like, Juice and Bowie together is, like, the sweetest pair. Like, So are they going to trade Andre Burkowski? Oh, okay, yeah. So I have, like, a just, like, so the score reported that the Capitals are open to a couple of mid to high round picks for Andre Barkovsky. And my question to you ladies is a couple of picks dot, 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 question mark. Um, and yeah, Christy, do you think that Andre will get traded? Um, I don't, I, I like stay away from him as like a personal rule. So I don't really know like if he's good or not. I know he's supposed to, He's a center, right? Who? Um, say that one more time. Bur- Andre Burkowski? No, he's a winger. He's oh, he's a winger. Oh, but yeah, wasn't he like pretty high up on their like um, on their depth chart? And it and it seems like it hasn't been working for him with them. And I wonder if that skill level or like um, it's just he needs to leave. But I don't know. I don't think I would give I don't I wouldn't give a pick for him though. That's what okay. Go ahead, Christy. I'm sorry. Oh, Kelsey, I'm sorry. You go ahead. You said you speak for me because I've been hogging. <laughs> no, I maybe one pick, but I don't think more than that. Like he's okay when he's on, but he has a lot of off moments. Yeah. Um, and I mean. 
he's come out and said that like he gets into his own head. He's been working a lot with like sports psychologists and everything. And that's, you know, wonderful. That's great. But I think that that like shows that he's a bit of a, I don't know. I don't want to put a stigma on like, Oh, if you have to go to a sports psychologist, you're like a flip flop player, but he has his on and off days. Yeah. Okay. So I'm on hockey reference. Andre Barkovsky is a left wing. He interests, I knew this, but I forgot. He's an Aquarius. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. That That'll be sense. interesting for next season. I mean, later in the episode. He was drafted in 2013. He was drafted for in the first round. He was 23rd overall. And so I think the biggest thing about with Andre Borkowski, especially when he was drafted, he played on the Ariaders. And like he didn't he play with Connor McDavid? Why did everyone play for the Erie Otters? I don't know. I don't know. I'm really just like confused. Wait, he would have played there before McDavid, no? Since he's a couple I, years older. So he's only McDavid's twenty two, right? Yeah. He's only a year older than them. And so he got he came into the league at nineteen. So I think maybe he played like his draft plus one year with the I can find out, but so this season, he's played 44 games. He has six goals, six assists for 12 points. And he's in, in the minus, he's a minus five. But his career in 296 games, he has 56 goals, 76 assists for 132 points. And he's a plus 27 in his career. So let's see. He has five. This is, this is his fifth season in the year, in the, in the league. And... His best year was in 2015 to 16, where he had 17 goals and 21 assists for 38 points in 79 games. Um, that that, that sound was good. That, yeah, that yeah. was worse than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was someone was talking. Okay, so ironically enough, for me, Burakovsky is like a change of scenery player that. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would think. I would think like a Shirelli one for one. But I mean, he was drafted in the first round, so I guess that gives him clout. But looking at his stats, I really don't see. Um, he doesn't seem like a, a high player. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't really want to get him. But um, play, people have said like, yeah, I'd trade a second and a fourth for him, and I just can't see that. Because like he's making three million now, and this is his last the, his last um, year on this contract. He'll be a restricted free agent, but I don't know what more. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't want to pay him more than that. I. If, sorry, I just. Oh. I was just thinking. I would almost compare like his value, and this hurts me to say. To, oh my god! Like Connor Carl Hagelin. Or Connor Sherry. I was thinking Connor Sherry as well. Yeah. Oh, I, I was. I definitely think he's Connor Sherry, but less. Like, I don't know. Maybe I think I'm thinking too high of Connor Sherry. Okay. <laughs> Remember this. He has 132 points. Well, okay. Let's. I'll say this. Connor Sherry's older than than Andre Barakovsky, so I do think that age and the development definitely plays a role because um, Andre didn't play in the AHL. He went straight to the NHL. Um, yeah. Um, did does so, Burkowski mostly play with um, Backstrom and Kuznetsov? So, 
Yeah, so he, well, no, I won't say that. I, I think he's, sometimes he plays with, so the Caps lines are so weird because when he first got into the league, uh, Backstrom played, was the top center. And now Kuznetsov is pretty much the top center or like they switch. But he's played 50, like I think he's played like a third of his career with either Backstrom, Kuznetsov, or Lars Eller. And mm-hmm. all of them are very good centers. Um, so he does have an injury history. Um, he's never played a full 82. His first season, he's only, he only played 53 games. Now, I'm not saying this is all injuries, but I'm just saying games played his first season was 53. His second season was 79. His third season was 64. His fifth season, well, we're like currently in his fifth season, but did I skip one? Because it was 53, 79. 64, 56, and then this season is 44. So, I mean, he's he kind of always gets an injury, like, it seems like to me. Um, yeah, he's, he's very streaky. And um, I was told by my friend Andy, who's a Caps fan, um, that under trots, he got more leeway and, like, more um, time on ice than Reardon has given him this season. So, um, but I go on to say, I brought up that guy, because anyway, he said that he normally gets, like, 13 minutes of ice time. And, I mean, I know the drop in ice time is hard for some players, but, I mean, I'm, I'm going to hate to sound say this because, like, this is the same thing that people said about Daniel Sprung, but you got to make the most of your minutes. Um, if you're playing with Lars Eller 13 minutes a night, that should count for something. But, I don't know. I just don't think that Burkowski is worth too, for, too drastic. Now, if they were, like, a third and a fourth, maybe. But I just don't see I just don't see that for any of the teams that I follow. And, like, I look at their cap hits and their rosters and stuff like that. I don't really see why you would get a Burkowski. But a team like Edmonton or the Kings or, I don't know, other teams might be open to do it. So, But I definitely think it changes the scenery if you yeah, maybe I'll go to the Islanders. Oh, no. I don't, I don't like the Islanders. I want to go somewhere like in a different division. Oh. But I want to be happy. Cause I, where do you guys think that Berkey will end up? Mm. Or where would you like to see? I don't, like, don't say the Islanders. Christy, that, like, I'm, like, shook. I think he would be really interesting in Vancouver. I was kind of thinking Vancouver a little bit. You know what, Kelsey? I, you know, I don't hate that, but Vancouver just doesn't need, in my opinion, another winger. Like, I... I don't know, because, I mean, they have a couple people in the AHL. I don't think they're NHL ready yet, but I don't know. Like, I mean, Bo has, I guess, no, because I I wouldn't want to see Berkey on the first line. I mean, Bo has his wingers, kind of. They, poor Bo, he gets, like, Anton Roussel sometimes. And I'm just like, why is he even on the team? First of all, let's ask that question. He's fine. Yeah, they don't speak French in Vancouver. It's like, oh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Someone might. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
I forgot to say this. I think that, but I think um, oh. Vancouver doesn't like. From what I know from Vancouver fans, they don't want to trade any draft picks because the draft's being held in Vancouver ne- next year. Um, <laughs> they want to keep as many draft picks. They want to have like at least ten or eleven. Oh it must be nice to have a team want to keep draft yeah. picks. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see them needing another winger, but they might. What do you think of Detroit? Hmm. Oh, oh no, absolutely Bertie not. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> not. No, yes, no, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. Please, no. But Detroit needs their draft picks. <laughs> yeah, they do. Like that's what I'm saying. Like teams that would go for Burakovsky that don't need their draft picks, do they want a player that might take a couple years to get this confidence back? Mm-hmm. I said with Edmonton when they were like, "Well, why do you want Justin Schultz?" So I guess, but I don't know. I mean, I really like Detroit. Now that I think about it, to wrap up the Capitals, do we think? Do we think that this is like uh, this loss, this losing streak is sustainable for them? No, I think they're coming out of it. Mm. They've lost a few close games, so I think that um, Sharks game. Wow. Yeah, I didn't see that, but it that was a like ride. That game. <laughs> but you know what? I say that, but I mean, I, I, I was looking at their when you were talking about that, Christy. I was looking at their like the teams that they played, and like Nashville. This was the second blown time out. the Nashville beat them too. They got blown out, and because they got blown out on New Year's Day, and then nice. uh, so like Nashville, the Sharks, but the, those are the teams that are cup contenders that I would say, like you know, are, yeah. could win the cup, obviously. So I'm not surprised that the Caps lost because I don't see the Caps as like a cup contender. <laughs> to be honest, I don't see anyone from the Metro being a cup contender. <clears throat> the Metros are going to get destroyed, embarrassed. Like, I can see it. How dare they win against Detroit? Yeah, I don't... And Philly and Boston. Boston. Ugh. Ooh, just lose capital. But yeah. And even Toronto, Like as much as I hate to see it, I, I don't know. Do you really think they're cup contenders? Because I don't. Toronto? No, me either. That's, okay. But I think that they... They're not a bad Toronto, team. Yeah, I don't think they're a bad team. Like, oh, no, I would be all. surprised if Toronto made it to the Cup. The mom, I think I it's going to be hard for Toronto to make it out of the second round. Yeah. Something's but, off about them this season. Yeah. Um, There's a snake so, on their team, that's why. Um, we have a cast. Like, I, yeah, I don't see this. I don't see this continuing, but... Then again, last year I said the I didn't think the Caps would win either, and they did. So, so moving on, this past week the early award voting came out. Uh, The Professional Hockey Writers Association released their midseason award winners. Um, So I'll just run through the list, and we'll see what you guys think are good, bad, and boring. So for the Heart, Nikita Kudrov. For Norris, Mark Giordano. Selkie is Patrice Bergeron. Calder is Elias Peterson. And Vesna mm. is John Gibson. What do we think? Um, Chris Tang got 
no love at all. I thought no he, love. I thought he'd be up there, but and nothing. I'm actually not surprised that Latang wasn't on the the writers list <sighs> because I feel like Pittsburgh has been very quiet. Like they, no one's really talked about the Penguins, um, especially and like when they do, they talk about Sid, which is fine. But you know, Chris is having I. I think we know that Chris is having an amazing season right now. And um, so I'm not surprised he wasn't on the Norris list. Do you think that him getting voted into the All-Star game will, like, raise attention at all? Like, I know that it was a fan vote, so I don't know how much, like, writers care. But still, it might make them, like, take a look at him and be like, oh. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I feel like the writers, unless Chris third, second half, where he's just, like, a point-per-game player and he, like, scores, like, ten goals or something like that, I think he has to be above and beyond to even get on their radar. Now, I don't know who was fourth on their list, but from the writers that I saw, like, they didn't really have Latang in the top, their top three. So that was kind of frustrating. And then you have to you have to go through, like, Mark Giordano, like, people, from the beginning, people wanted him to, to get some love because of what happened, I think I want to say a couple years ago, when he was, like, primed to win the Norris, and then he got hurt, and then uh, he just wasn't having that great of a season, um, and now this year, he's he really is doing really good, and the Calgary Flames are just, like, on fire, no pun intended. <laughs> and then you have to fight with, like... Morgan, the Morgan Riley, like the Toronto bias, which Morgan's doing good, but he's cooled down now, and so he's his name is obviously on the list. And then Burns and Carlson, I feel like splits the split the other third third uh, spot. Yeah, but it's not fair. <laughs> no, I I agree. I think that's ridiculous. Um, for me, it would be Giordano. Well, it would be Latang, Giordano, and Carlson. But yeah. I think I think Giordano's really gonna get it unless he falls off because yeah. he's older and he's been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Chris Tang, he's getting up there. I wonder if I don't know. I don't want to think too far in the future, but I'm saying like maybe if Giordano gets it this year and like Latang deserves it, then maybe Latang will get it next year because he deserved it last year. I don't know. You know mm-hmm. how like the Selkie vote? I mean, not Selkie. The Norris voting is so weird like that. It's yeah. not like who deserved it now. It's like who deserved it a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys think of Selkie? It's always Bergeron. <laughs> Patrice at it again. They should rename um, it. Patrice yeah. Bergeron. If he, like, if he wins it this award. year, the, he'll be the player that has won it the most, right? I would assume so. If he wins it every year. Yeah, true. Um, I'm kind of sad because Sean Couturier was in the running last season, and I kind of wanted him to win it this year, but the Flyers are so bad, so. Aww. Rip that. Uh, what do you guys think about Calder? Um, Good. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was um, other people kind of more in the running, and he did, he's not, like, running away with it because that makes it more fun, but, yeah. I mean, you never know. Like, Darlene is close on his heels but and then like you know Brady Kachuk too but I think 
as as a forward, Peterson is like running away with it. But um, I think it's so hard for defensemen to win the the colder, especially when like forwards, because it's like for defense you have to do so much to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that year that um, Artemi Panarin won, that it really should have been Shane Goss's there because he catapulted the Flyers into a playoff spot, mm-hmm. being called up. So. I don't know. I mean, I don't think Shane had that many. Like, he was called up, like, almost halfway through the season. So, I don't know. But it's just, I wish I could, if I was better prepared. Sorry. I would have looked at Aaron Ekblad's season and, then like, compared that to Darlene and Heiskanen seasons um, to see. Because I think Aaron Ekblad won his his freshman year. But or I, rookie. I think he had, like, a pretty weak draft class. Or like rookie class too, so I think that plays a big role. And I, I, it kind of sucks, but people mostly look at like the points that players get, and defensemen usually, especially rookies, are not. Even if they're really good, they're not putting up as many points. Yeah, or whatever. I, I definitely. Um, anything else on the? Oh, Vesna. Sorry, Vesna. John Gibson. I think we agree with that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I wouldn't say no to Bassey winning it, but that's just me. But Gibson, like, I wonder if, like, the Ducks keep being bad and he keeps having to play and play and his save percentage going down, if that would be, like, hinder him getting votes. Yeah. Any other questions on, questions, comments, concerns on the... Uh, mid season award winners? Mm. I don't think so. All right, so moving on, we are going to do something new and fun. And we got this from, we got this idea from the You Can't Do That podcast. So thanks, ladies. We're just going to steal this because it seemed <laughs> really fun. Um, we're going to do Zodiac rosters by our Zodiac friends. However, me and Kelsey are both lovely Aquariuses. So, Aquarius season. Um, you know, shout out to us. Happy birthday to us. Um, so Kelsey's going to do Capricorns um, because her birthday is in the beginning of uh, Aquarius season. Well, not really. It's actually in the middle. Sorry, Kelsey. But she, she was so nice that she, like, took Aquarius, uh, Capricorn and then I'll do Aquarius. And then Christy will do hers, which is Virgo. There. So oh, Kelsey will go first. Oh, five forwards, two defensemen, one big all right, so my forwards. I have Claude Giroux. Mm. Yeah. Connor McDavid and mm. Patrick Hornquist. Oh. Um, for defense, I have Johnny Boychuk and John Carlson. <coughs> oh, Carly. And then in goal, I have Martin Jones. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, he's sweet. Mine is Connor McDavid. All those boys are kind of sweet. I don't know about Johnny Pichuk. I don't know. Is that the guy that always follows everybody on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. There's no way that he runs his own Twitter account. Oh, that's Zach Boychuk. Oh. Are they related? Maybe. <laughs> I hope not. No. Possibly. I don't know. That's a good question. Okay, I'll go next. Because I'm a... I'm doing the Aquariuses. So for forwards, I have um, Steven Stamkos. So I have Euler, Stamkos, and Sagan. 
And then on defense, I have Hannafin and Ekblad. Um, but, okay, I had to do, so for Ekblad and my goalie, I had to make stars that I have substitutes if they get hurt. They always get hurt. So Ekblad on defense and then Jonathan Quick. But my substitutes for those two, if they get hurt, is Ryan Sutter and Jacob Markstrom. Hmm. Markstrom's a baby. Yeah, Markstrom, and he's a, he's a Canuck. He's doing pretty good for the Canuck. Okay. So I have Virgos, and I put a poll out on Twitter to help me pick my center, and it came back 50-50. How dare you? <laughs> it came out 50-50, so it didn't help at all. But um, <laughs> for forwards, I have Ovi, Matthews, and Blake Wheeler. And then on the fence, I have Brian Dumoulin and Keith Yandel. And then goalie, I have Holtby. Oh, jeez. So I have a little bit, a little bit of something for everyone. Ow. So I should win. Uh, I mean, probably. Yeah, that's a very good lineup. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think mine would win. I mean, they might. Yeah, I don't, I think my defense is too, like, like, neither of my defenses are really good. They're just messy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, um, I picked Jumo because I was like, okay, Jumo. But then I was like, I couldn't find another one except for Keith Yandel. So I was like, okay. But he's all, he's all right. Yeah, I had trouble finding defense too. Yeah. I like, I didn't want the defense that I had, but they were the best out of the group. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there was no way I wasn't picking Hannafin. Like, absolutely. You could have not. No, 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 no. I had to. <laughs> All right, everybody. I think we're going to end on that note. Um, really nothing on the Penguins since they were on their bye week. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, and I guess, oh, one Penguins thing. Dumo took his girlfriend and the, and. Wife. And like a bunch of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Dumo took his best friend Schultz, his wife, and <laughs> Brian Russ, and. Chad. Chad Root Beetle to some wine country somewhere. I don't know where they are, but it was for her birthday. And the content was very sweet. What Demo is exactly what I would expect from him. Yeah. Yeah. Very sophisticated. Like I Brian Dumoulin, like, oh my gosh. And like that's so cute before them were like close. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, we'll end, we'll end on that note with the penguins. Um, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Um, comment rate subscribe on all those platforms if you can and tell a friend about us also follow us on twitter i think i said that before but yeah we're funny yeah so yeah and so i guess that's it thanks everybody bye bye